Thanks for listening to NapaBroadcasting.com. Napa Valley Radio, for the way we live now. Thanks for joining us here on NapaBroadcasting.com. Whenever the talk turns to health care, we often forget about mental health and the importance of the mental well-being of all members of our society. Here in Napa County, we've taken it very seriously. The organization Mentis, formerly Napa Family Services, has been on the cutting edge of providing those services. We're going to talk about that today with the executive director of Mentis, Rob Weiss, who's been kind enough to join us here in studio. Rob, thanks so much for coming in. My pleasure, Jeff. Happy to be here today. It's great to have you here. First of all, tell us about Mentis. People may not know the name, and uh, it evolved from Napa Family Services. Talk about that, first of all. Yeah, thank you. Some people were familiar with our last name, which was Family Service of Napa Valley. We are the oldest nonprofit in the Valley over 60-plus years. About a year ago, we decided to shift our name to Mentis, which means mind in Latin, as we felt like uh, Mentis represented who we are now and was a little bit easier for folks to remember and identify us as Mentis Napa Center for Mental Health Services. Having said that, talk a little bit about the services that you provide. What's there and what are the opportunities that people can access? We have a whole range of services, basically ranging from uh, therapy services to case management to residential and housing services. So we work with all ages, stages, and income levels across Napa County and we, our services are professional and bilingual. And the goal is really to help people achieve a state of health and wellness. Because really what we're trying to get at, Jeff, is by creating a stronger, healthier community, it just makes Napa a better place to live for all of us. Mm-hmm. And talk a little bit about how this, the organization works. How does the funding work? Is it part of county health and human services? How does it, ex- how does it stand? We have a, a blend of funding. So it's a combination of contracts with Napa County uh, Mental Health, with uh, Queen of the Valley, with school districts. We receive grant funding from the Vintners, from a Community Foundation, Gasser Foundation. We also participate in third-party reimbursement, specifically Medi-Cal and Medicare. Both those, and then we raise uh, funds privately. We have a we have a once a year uh, annual signature fundraiser events. Plus, we have many generous individuals who donate to the cause. Talk a little bit about how it's impacted mental health services specifically, and 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 your organization by the changes from the Affordable Care Act. The Affordable Care Act was a significant piece of legislation in that it provided health care and behavioral health care coverage to a significant part of the population in California and nationally. It's estimated, Jeff, about a third of Californians now have Medi-Cal as their health insurance. And as part of having that as your health insurance, due to the Parity Act, which, which passed a little bit before the Affordable Care Act, and the Parity Act was basically said insurance companies can no longer uh, – support and fund health care services differently than mental health and drug and alcohol services. It basically meant that all those different disciplines in terms of accessing care have to be on par. And so now you've got a significant segment of the population that can access care, including mental health, which is really important because we're living a time where the stigma surrounding mental health, I think, is starting to change, is starting to break down. And really, I think... In general, people are starting to see health 
in a larger context, meaning if you have a problem with diabetes or you have a uh, blood pressure problem, what do you do? You go to the doctor, you seek medical help. Well, why is it different if you're struggling with depression or anxiety or you have experienced trauma in your life and it's making it difficult to function every day at work, at school, on the job? You need help. So I think what the Affordable Care Act has meant is that people who no longer who previously could not access the help they needed, now have a way of paying for that care, which then presents another challenge for communities, which is to develop the capacity to respond to the mm -hmm. demand. And that's something we're facing here in Napa County. Many counties are facing, the state's facing it as a result of this legislation is are, are there enough providers now to meet the demand? It's ironic that as the stigma that you talk about, and I want to talk about that a little more, but as that stigma wears away, as people realize that accessing mental health services is as important as other kinds of health services, that there's a greater demand, a greater need for those services. That is the irony. And, and then, of course, I think it becomes incumbent upon us as a community to respond to people. Let me give you an analogy. Oftentimes in the drug and alcohol world, you think about when somebody's ready to get help or, or they're ready to get clean or sober, let's get them into care. Let's strike while the iron's hot. Well, it really should be the same with mental health care. If somebody's been struggling with depression and finally decides they uh, have, the, have the courage and the desire to reach out for support and we say, well, great, nice to hear from you. We'll get back to you in about two or three months. What does that mean? Well, that person either loses interest or the crisis or the urgency passes or they just kind of try and make do. The end result is we've missed an opportunity to really work with somebody when they were ready. And so that's my biggest concern when we cannot meet the demand in a timely fashion. Are most of your clients individuals, families, young people, seniors? Where is the greatest need? Where is the greatest demand here in Napa County at least? It's a good question. And I think um, it's it's across the board demand. So on one hand, Napa is an aging county. So now we've got uh, many people who are baby boomers aging into the older adult category. And there's a higher demand for services for people in their 60s and 70s. And I think their viewpoint about what it means to access therapy or mental health support is different from the generation previously. And, and we work with folks in their 80s and 90s. And I think it's just viewed differently. I think it's much more acceptable and people are much more, the boomers are much more interested and desirous of help. So that's certainly a growing area. Um, there, there are ongoing needs for kids. I mean, some of the data you look at in Napa County, it's pretty shocking. When you, you, you look at data where um, up to f almost 40% of kids in 11th grade say they've experienced depression or thoughts of self-harm or, or, or really have uh, and have experiencing some sort of emotional distress. So that's, that's a big area of concern. I think certainly suicide prevention, whenever you lose kids due to suicide, and we had that happen in Napa County right. here, that certainly raises a big red flag. So, and then, of course, there's folks in the adult uh, category who are just folks struggling with parenting issues and you know, it's a funny thing. You become a parent and your kids get older and they're teens and you have challenges with them, right? And nobody really taught you how to kind of manage and negotiate those and navigate those waters. And uh, we work with a lot of parents who need skills, how to work with their kids. And they never got that. They, they, they didn't come from a healthy environment growing up themselves. And so they're struggling. In your view, and you've been in this business a while, what is been the biggest thing that has helped lift the veil, lift the stigma on mental health? 
Uh, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's an interesting question. And I, and I want to say, first off, there is some degree of stigma. It's not as if it's disappeared, right. certainly. So I, I want to be clear about that. But I think there's been a variety of issues. One, I think uh, returning veterans and uh, PTSD and trauma has certainly put mental health in the spotlight and the need for it. And I think with veterans coming back with some real clear and distinctive mental health needs, I think that's created an opening for the conversation. I think um, certainly uh, we've had some high-profile suicides and shootings, which have put nationally, which have, which have put the questions of mental health in the spotlight. That's another one. And I think just in general, there's a growing acceptance that we can think of health in a much broader way and not limited just to our body because, after all, our bodies and our heads are connected. So it makes sense to me that people would would have that understanding and realization and, and be comfortable getting hair, care in a more holistic way. Mm-hmm. What is the situation in terms of the number of clinicians here in Napa County? Do we have enough? Do you have access to enough? What does that situation look like? This is a problem, not just for Mentis, but for other mental health organizations and the county as well, because here in Napa County, um, we do have a significant portion of our population that speaks Spanish. So you really need to have bilingual clinicians. And so in general, we don't have a big pool of trained clinicians, licensed clinicians, especially bilingual ones to pull from. So what that means, Jeff, is we're competing with the larger Bay Area for people, for qualified uh, professional clinicians. And uh, that's challenging because that means uh, we've got to be able to pay them at least as much of not or not or more to try and attract them to Napa County, and um, that's difficult. What is the biggest challenge that your organization faces right now? I think it's meeting the de- trying to to develop our infrastructure to meet the demands of the request for service. As we keep talking about, we get probably fifty calls a week on some weeks for people seeking help and support. And we just don't have enough staff to accommodate them in a timely fashion. And no mental health organization in this county does or the county. So I think right now it's trying to figure out how do we come up with a funding matrix to enhance our capacity. And and part of the challenge, too, Jeff, is many of the funding streams that we access – they want to pay for the service, but at some point, you got to pay for space. You need computers. Uh, we got to have somebody to, to bill. We need, there's overhead expenses. And so many of the funding mechanisms don't incorporate all those aspects of the work, in addition to the fact that we live in an era where there's this thinking, which I agree with, around integration, that basically if you're providing mental health care, you want to be working with primary care physicians. You want to be working with drug and alcohol providers or domestic violence providers or family support centers. And if you want to coordinate care for people, which is the best way to go, uh, it takes time because it means that your clinicians are, are doing other activities, engaging in other activities other than just sitting with the client. And all that has to be paid for. So I think um, there's this, again, this vision about we're going to collaborate and we're going to integrate care. But the funders haven't quite kind of caught on to that yet to the extent where they're fully paying for those expenses. Talk a little bit about what the metrics of success are. You know, in the, in the traditional medical community, somebody gets yeah. well, they get worse, <laughs> you know, the broken arm heals, etc. Talk a little bit about the metrics for measuring the success of these efforts. 
And that's historically been one of the problems in the field because, uh, you know, everybody in, who invests in a service as a funder wants to see a return on investment. So I think it comes down to this. What we do at Mentis is we have several outcome measures we use on a what's called pre- and post-test basis, basically at the start of treatment and the end of treatment. So we measure if somebody's coming in for uh, depression-related problems, we measure their symptomology at the beginning at the, and again at the end of treatment. Anxiety, we do the same thing. Trauma, we have a whole list of symptoms related to trauma. We measure those symptoms at the beginning and the end, and clients fill out a questionnaire, a valid and reliable questionnaire that's been studied. And consistently, we find that about 80% of our clients improve, meaning their symptoms decrease from the beginning of treatment toward the end of treatment as a result of engaging in the service and receiving help. And that's really encouraging to me because you know what it says? It says that what we do works, and many of our clinicians, are all of them, are highly trained. They use evidence-based practices. This isn't just kind of, we'll come in, lay on the couch, and we'll feel better, we'll talk a bit. No, we're using some very specific interventions that have a good evidence basis to them, and I think we get good results when people come in and are ready to engage in treatment and, and engage in receiving the help. Mm-hmm. How many of them come back? That, that you, they go away and then they come back again for, for more services. Is that something that happens? It does happen. Now, at our agency, it's because we're not set up to work with people over a long term basis. Right. I mean, that was more of a private practice arrangement. You go and you, you pay somebody directly. So because the demand's so high and because we're trying to get people in the door, we have to kind of balance the length of treatment versus the demand. So what we say to people is, let's give you you know, uh, a batch of sessions, whether it's 15 sessions, we have some flexibility, learn the skills you need to learn, go out, give it a try. And then if you run into trouble, come back. But really what we're, to me, what we're really trying to get at, and I think you're asking about this, is teaching people the skills they need to manage their emotions, to, to manage the challenges in their life. So ideally, when they're done, they finish treatment, they have what they need to be successful and live emotionally healthy and stable lives. You mentioned earlier on that, that income was not a consideration. Talk a little bit about that. And, and what is the group of patients and clients that you have? What does it look like relative to the demographics of the county? Yes. Overwhelmingly, 90% of the people we serve would be considered either low income or very low income, meaning um, these are folks who have, who, who have some difficulties just meeting basic needs. So, and you can imagine that if you're depressed or you're stressed and anxious and you're also struggling with basic needs, affordable housing, just making ends meet, that, that just magnifies the whole situation. Mm-hmm. So for that reason, we really it is part of our mission that our services are affordable. So really, nobody is denied care for inability to pay, uh, and whether they have an insurance that covers the cost or not, we make it work to get people into care. And that's also in part, Jeff, because we live in a generous community. I mean, I I really want to give a shout-out to the the Napa Valley Vintners. I mean, without those folks, uh, a lot of nonprofits in this valley would not be able to deliver their the services we do, including Mentis. So we, we're fortunate to live in a community where you've got the Vintners, you've got Community Foundation, Gasser, and, and a very caring population. Mm-hmm. How do people find out about the services, and how do they initially access them? Well, a couple ways. Certainly the easiest way is just to go on our website. All our services and how to gain access, who to call, phone numbers, details, all that's 
on our website. But I think also it's it's word of mouth and it's through the network of other nonprofit partners and providers and local government that we work with. So I think most of the clients that we work with are referred by other agencies. Oftentimes, we are the mental health specialist for many or their organizations, whether they're family resource centers like COPE or, or News or Olay Health. I mean, many of these organizations refer their clients to us, and mm-hmm. we partner with them so we can have a more seamless system of care because in the real world, most of our clients often need the support and assistance of other organizations. It's not just a mental health need. Is, is Mentis the, the primary mental health provider of such services in the county? One of them. I think there's a few other organizations that also uh, provide mental health services of various sorts. But I think we really work pretty collaboratively in Napa County to make sure that we're not not duplicating what we do. So there may at times be a little overlap, but I think the the organizations really to make try and make sure that we're providing a large net collectively to reach as much of the population as we can. And talk a little bit about the way you work with the school district, for example. That's interesting. And I I think we are fortunate enough to work with two school districts, one in Calistoga Mm -hmm. and one here in Napa, the Napa uh, County Office of Education, which includes the continuation schools. And I think both those districts uh, have have a great model. And I really and I want to give credit to good leadership on, on both of those ends, because I think it's the recognition that they've got kids who are dealing with a whole range of behavioral problems that oftentimes manifest in uh, social problems, school, academic difficulties, truancies. Uh, and really, if you want to help kids learn, you got to deal with these behavioral problems as well. And I think we've developed a partnership that allows our clinicians to go on site, to be co-located at the schools, work with school personnel, teachers, and we can pull kids in and out of class as needed to help them address the issues that are making it difficult for them to learn in school or causing social dis- disruption and problems on campus. And I think it, it creates a better environment for everybody, including the teachers. But I think, you know, Jeff, it, it comes down to trust. It didn't start there. It's building a relationship. When we first came there, I think the teachers had to buy into do these people have something to offer that's going to make it better for my students in my classroom? And didn't always, it didn't start there, but it, <laughs> but, it, but it ended there. And I think now we have a very strong working relationship, particularly in Calistoga, where it's a, it's a community schools model. And it's the idea in here, even NCOE, where you've got to bring in a whole range of support services to help these students and their families be successful. Mm-hmm. Why was it so difficult to build that trust? Different mindsets, different cultures, different ways of working. And I think uh, there's a parallel with what we're trying to do in in integrating uh, primary care with with mental health as well. People are people. We're used to doing our own thing, working in a certain way. And part of when we combine with other disciplines is we have to be willing to, to understand where our partners are coming from. And, f- and find a middle ground to operate and, and keep the vision that we're here for the greater good of our student, our client. And that just takes some um, getting to know each other, some trust building, and uh, takes some time and, and willingness to work out disagreements when they arise, because they certainly do. And sometimes that just comes down to turf and territoriality, <laughs> to be honest with you. Obviously, you have a sense of what other communities in the Bay Area are doing. How does Napa stack up with some of our neighboring communities? In general, I think Napa is a very creative, innovative place to deliver mental health services. And that's that's one of the reasons I've always enjoyed working here for almost uh, 25-plus years, because I think there's a spirit of collaboration, and I think there's a real sense of 
let's work with clients holistically because they have multiple needs, especially some of our lower income individuals and families. And I think in general, there's a sense of partnership and a, and a, and a willingness to do what I just articulated around get together, work through the conflict, work through the differences. And I think part of the reason we can do that in Napa is that it's small enough that in some sense we have to all be together and play together in the same sandbox. We all go to the same meetings. We all run into each other. We've got personal connections. So I think that facilitates and helps create an environment of of cooperation. And how does county health and human services fit into the equation? Well, they are the biggest funder of uh, services in the county. I mean, they partner with a range of mental health organizations and other nonprofits. And um, I think, in general, the county here has struck a good balance between programs that they administer and run Mm in-house and programs that they contract out and partner with because I think they recognize that there's certain strengths that the nonprofits bring and there's certain economic value to working with the nonprofit community in terms of of stretching funding and dollars, and and we have some assets that we can bring to the equation. So I think county leadership has been good around uh, really striking a good balance between what they do internally and, and contracting out, including all of us in the nonprofit community. Rob Weiss, Executive Director of Mentis, I thank you so much for coming in and sharing some of this with us. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Jeff. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to NapaBroadcasting.com, Napa Valley Radio, for the way we live now.